1: them.
2: Kat's wearing a cool denim jacket today. <laughs> oh, someone's just gone to Berlin. <laughs> Kat's stressed today because she's at work. She's worried <laughs> about four other things on top. <laughs> I barely right even, she's it. not even giving me <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> I've not addressed it. I've just sat down and gone, come on, we need to record. cat's so stressed. <laughs> I'm, I'll ta- I'll give you a breakdown of my day later. It's fine. been manic.
1: Okay, fine. Um, we're um, good. We're good. We're here. Yeah? We're
2: chilling.
1: We're chilling?
2: Yeah. We're just chilling.
1: We're chilling. Up a safe <laughs> visit.
2: It's yeah. A- anything to update me on this week? anything major anything fun um,
1: stop hitting the mic sorry, yeah. sorry, Fuck.
2: sorry Jesus Christ people listening like what is she, is she having a stroke uh, I'm so sorry um, I'm being mean no you're 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 working overtime at the moment and I should be more respectful of that
1: that would be nice
2: yeah sorry oh sorry just, <laughs> just, adding just one you. more, yeah, one more. that the the be fucking mic. Nice. that's actually my head that she's hitting <laughs> against the mic <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah any updates any fun updates get that phone out what's yeah. been going on what's yeah.
1: been going on okay i've
2: got one for you yeah go on. <laughs> um so the other week i was quite drunk and i thought oh you know what i'm gonna do you know what i'm gonna do now i've had a few couple san McWells. you know what i'm gonna do? <laughs> what gonna do i'm gonna order singing lessons and so why not? i've booked 10 singing lessons and honestly, a nightmare.
1: Why is it a nightmare? Well, because I've got to now carve out
2: an hour every week.
1: <laughs> You've got too much time. You need to fill it.
2: I know. This really sweet little French boy that comes around. He's oh. like, oh, Jack, do you, you're so good at singing. <laughs> and that I'm not. Is a French accent, Oh, uh, Jackie, you're so good at singing. <laughs> it is so nice. Oh, you, He was like, he, this is the <laughs> nicest way to say that I was singing badly, right? Okay. He was going, Jack. You are so creative with the way you are singing Creative Because, because of all of the tones you pick up in key But to different points I'm like No mate <laughs> you mean I'm not singing in key <laughs>
1: You're and, not bound by the
2: construct of how music works Yeah you're right And I started recording it on my phone to listen back And honestly by the end of the lesson I'm coming out thinking I'm fucking out And John He's like you're amazing It is sounding so nice I listen back to the recordings It's awful
1: Really? It's,
2: let me play you a bit
1: Oh I'd love to hear <laughs>
2: oh I was doing Passion Fruit by Drake oh my
1: god it was stupid that's hard to sing surely nicely See if you you how
2: bad is that cleansing
1: <laughs> 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 my soul <laughs> cause addiction for now cause you're
2: falling it's quite karaoke cleansing my soul cause addiction for now it's not that good that is a weird
1: did you choose that or he chose that I don't know why that? I picked that can't imagine and then anyone I did singing key, that and well and then I
2: did Ben Howard this is a bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's sounding a bit like him, you know. Only
2: love. To, to his
1: words. Yeah.
2: yeah, it is. Cute. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's how that's been going. That's my week. Aww. I'm Kat. And this is a podcast called...
1: Distracted.
2: All about...
1: ADHD.
2: ADHD. And now you say... Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) So usually we have a corresponding episode where we will talk about what we talk about with the guest. But we felt like, maybe, for this one, about prisons, Mm. to fairly posh white people <laughs> who grew up in the countryside maybe not the best not to talk right. about our, our, our ludicrous past in <laughs> school well i actually uh, no this is quite a good episode for me because i did steal a pencil sharpener <laughs> in year 6 and I can uh, we decided uh humbly <laughs> to scrap that and uh we're going to talk about holidays holidays obviously holidays instead yeah. um Today, we have got a guest that I've been really looking forward to for the last few weeks now. We've had her booked in. She's called Dr. Alessandra Capay. She is leading the way in ADHD diagnosis in prisons. She's like one of the best people you can possibly speak to about diagnosing ADHD in prisons. Give me some things we talked about, Kat.
1: We spoke about how ADHD can affect crime.
2: Yeah, talked about how emotional some of the prisoners felt. Once they realised that they had ADHD mm-hmm. uh, And there's been a lot of pushback Against actually getting funding To diagnose people with ADHD So there's loads to talk about It's a great episode If I do say so myself <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like it Enjoy Enjoy Dr Alex Kapai Welcome to the podcast I Thank you anything, You can't hear anything Oh good start this is a, <laughs> it's, it's, It always starts like this you got to yeah. It helps usually when the headphones are plugged right. into the. Really <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Alex, goodbye. Welcome to the podcast for the second time.
1: Welcome, <laughs> thank you.
2: Um, you are in many ways leading the charge for diagnosis of ADHD in prisons across the UK. Why are you doing that? I've
3: been working in several prisons in the last few years, mm-hmm. and uh, this comes from realizing how much need for uh, assessment and treatment of ADHD and uh, also neurodevelopmental disorders exists in prison. And in reality, when I started working with, uh, I I work for the NHS as well. And when I started in my role several years ago now, we were not even commissioned to go and assess ADHD or uh, treat it. That there was no funds, there were no funds there for uh, for this specific problem, which we observed as clinicians, was very very prevalent in prison. I bet, yeah, yes.
2: I've I've read that um, people from backgrounds where there's more likely to be trauma around them, they're more likely to have ADHD. Have Mm -hmm. you found that's the case? Is it kind of quite prevalent in prisons?
3: Yeah, um, I would say that ADHD is very prevalent Mm. as well as uh, trauma. I am not sure that there is a, a specific link between trauma and ADHD. Yeah. But what I can say is that both these two conditions are found in prison. So, for example, you will see very often a general pattern uh, of especially I'm, I'm now working with the females in prisons and the general pattern is uh, normally very a little bit of a rough upbringing not that much follow-up in the in the family in the house these were children that didn't do very well at school they couldn't focus they could not concentrate they were labeled as young children as a uh, naughty and You can see that the pattern, the pattern is very often the same, that um, they get expelled from school, they don't get the support from parents and um, they end up leaving school very early, being on drugs very early. And with drugs, very often, uh, criminality is just a a step away. And Mm. this is very, very similar for many people in prison. So it almost like becomes a self-fulfilling thing. They're like told you're naughty and then they just... It is. It is exactly. It is exactly that, I think. And so I can say that, um, just going to your original question, I think trauma is very present, especially if we speak about females, even Mm -hmm. more than men, but in general, prison population is traumatised. So there is quite a lot of trauma, particularly in female offenders. And on top of this, we can say that a condition like ADHD is as well very prevalent, more than in the general population, in fact. Oh, really? Yes. ADHD could be around 4% of the general population. Uh, in prison, you can have much higher, like 10%. Wow. And mm. some studies actually found even higher rates of ADHD in prisons.
1: So there's no, you said there's no waiting list within prison for an ADHD assessment, is that
3: right? There is not a waiting list in terms of uh, what we know nowadays that um, infamous waiting list for ADHD in the community. So we don't have that Mm -hmm. long time.
2: What have you seen as the main kind of benefits? after you've given prisoners an ADHD assessment?
3: In most of the cases, we need to say that ADHD is treatable. Unlikely, it's not a severe and enduring mental illness, so we cannot consider it as severe as other mental illnesses, like, for example, uh, schizophrenia or bipolar. But at the same time, some other illnesses are not as responsive to treatment. ADHD is. ADHD responds very often Very, very well to medications, Mm -hmm. but also psychoeducation and uh, coaching. And we can see an improvement.
2: We've spoken to um, a few different people on this podcast and they've all sort of said that men tend to externalise their ADHD and women internalise it. Mm -hmm. You work in female prisons and you're saying it's kind of more severe. How Mm -hmm. does that take hold in in a woman?
3: Women or females, we would say little girls, are more likely to have more... uh, problems with concentration and focus and very often they are uh, missed because they don't create many problems in primary school secondary school and uh, they are often probably also for a cultural reason they are labeled as lazy or uh, behavioral traits which also happens that happens much more in females than in males however said that I can say that the population in prison is a little bit different because you will see that even women that theoretically we know that they are more inattentive as compared to men, even women are extremely hyperactive. So they're very disruptive also from a point of view of hyperactivity. Mm. How do you help people within prison to manage
1: their ADHD? I feel like Um, it must be like quite a hard place to find dopamine Mm.
3: and so how do you kind of help them with that? Most of the prisoners uh, do work one of the best well well, obviously a person with ADHD will always hate office work they would hate it hate it sitting sitting down or uh, reading or a having to attend lectures for a long time. But we have possibilities of manual work. Working in the gardens is an amazing one, I think. We have, in one of the prisons I work in, there are also like uh, animals. They have chicken, they can take care of... uh, Yes, they can uh, do all the gardening and growing vegetables as well, which I think is very rewarding. Mm. And again, it's an outdoor activity, very physical which very often suits uh many people with ADHD also medications are uh, as i said they are very effective
2: would you say it's ever fair to say that ADHD could be the cause for some of the some of the reasons why these people are in prison like without ADHD maybe they wouldn't have committed these crimes like how significant does ADHD play a role in these hmm. crimes
3: well in a way i think that could be that could be a link yes there is broad documentation and research on the fact that having poor education can lead to drugs, criminality, etc. But we can argue that having poor education comes from the fact that these people were not able to sit down Mm -hmm. in a classroom. Mm -hmm. Also, it is very well documented that people with ADHD tend to self-medicate, as many others, really, but tend to self-medicate with uh, using illicit drugs. And again, criminality is very much related to using alcohol and drugs. And also, the traits of uh, ADHD themselves, including, for example, impulsivity, yeah. hyperactivity, these are all very much traits that could lead potentially, you could argue, to criminality. Potentially, most of the people are not going to become criminals but in some severe cases and in the cases that we discussed earlier where uh, you don't have a background in in the background of family mm-hmm. you don't have anybody that is helping you out you pull out of school very early you end up in with using drugs very early mm. if you put all of that together actually makes
1: sense yeah definitely and so, do you think maybe like an earlier
3: diagnosis and a better understanding could really help those people
1: to maybe avoid falling down into
3: that path? Definitely. I that that is definitely prevention is always one of, one of those things that we we would advocate in mental health. Mm-hmm. Prevention would be, I believe, extremely useful. So, for example, uh, luckily, I think there has been an improvement at school, but it would be very important rather than labeling. A little child as a naughty and uh, exclude them. It's so important to ensure that uh, they are assessed and helped.
2: It sounds like in many ways, um, ADHD could potentially be sort of the root one of, some, one of the root issues to some of these problems. And by addressing it and understanding it for these guys and girls in prison, um, it can help fix other problems that come later down the line.
3: Definitely. I, yeah. I would definitely agree with that. It is similar to also other illnesses uh, in mental health. However, ADHD is such a tricky one because it starts so early and, um, and interferes with education very often. Mm-hmm. And also, the other, the other, on the other hand, it's very treatable. Yeah. other mental illnesses or mental disorders are not do not respond as well to medication or to treatment but this one does
1: I'm interested in the sort of reactions that you get from prisoners when they get their mm-hmm. late diagnosis? Because I feel in just normal life, it's a lot to take in when you realise you have ADHD and you kind of look back over your past and what might have been different and stuff like that. So I'm kind of, yeah, I'm interested how they mm-hmm. tend to react.
3: Many people cry, actually, yeah. when, when they receive a diagnosis because some women that cried at the assessment and uh, just commented that it all made sense. And they were crying about all the labeling during, throughout mm. life because they had always been labeled as a uh, lazy. Lazy was, it's, it's a frequent one for women, ineffective, uh, not attentive. Often even the families don't really understand. And going back to prison, to the prison population, actually, unfortunate. I think it's, even more sad. The reaction for from prisoners often is um, they are less angry and less reactive than uh, women in the community, of people in the community. Oh, really? And I think that that's more of, um, they have kind of accepted that they, they have never been looked into as others.
1: Yeah, so something was up, they just didn't know what kind of thing.
3: Yes, but mm. they also accepted that they didn't receive the right support at the right time. right. They don't have that sort of grief as much as some people mm. might. No, yeah. which is probably in a way
1: also more sad. Yeah, it is. Oh, comorbidities. Mm-hmm. We Com- have. Comorbidities. Hmm. Sul- have... ب- <laughs> it's, it's a new bad. word.
2: It's a new word I've been Oh there. yes. Comorbidities.
1: Nearly there. You, we'll you, <union> <national> you asked this one.
2: You asked this one, Kat.
1: Um. Yeah. So we have talked so, about it a bit already on some other episodes, but um. So basically comorbidities, meaning that ADHD with ADHD you have a higher chance of having something like anxiety or depression. Are there certain comorbidities that you find a lot of prisoners tend to have, either like before going into prison or, or whilst being in prison?
3: Yes. Anxiety is surely the most frequent one. Anxiety can either come as a separate disorder or come as a consequence of ADHD, of the fact that if a person has not been has not been treated for ADHD, there is always that growing anxiety of a, "I'm not going to be able to manage. I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to complete this. I'm yeah. gonna. I don't know. I haven't got the control on things, and uh, I'm gonna miss something." There is that sense of being overwhelmed, which is yeah. part of anxiety as well. You will see that many people with um, with ADHD have a, a secondary depression but if depression is due to ADHD you will see that the depression comes from the sense of and feeling of being overwhelmed with let's say work Mm -hmm. being organized and doing things sometimes a bad time is for example when someone has a kid and they they really struggle they have managed all their lives and that changes completely the dynamics and people become absolutely overwhelmed and depressed yeah but you have a lot of um, borderline personality disorder, yes. and that's a diagnosis that you see very frequently in female prisoners. What does that mean? You may have as a traits extreme impulsiveness, just the problems with the self esteem, with the relationships, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna mention all of them,
0: yeah.
3: but because there are some uh, symptoms that overlap one between the two disorders obviously you can see how sometimes females are just labeled as borderline personality disorder i've uh, found several patients that have been misdiagnosed yeah and would you find that that happens
1: more in females because yes. of how hormones affect them over there yes cycles? i
3: do believe so yeah. in my uh, clinical experience females are much more misdiagnosed with the with this disorder.
2: Let's say that uh, this week you got a new job offer and you are now in charge of the Department for Justice Mm -hmm. in this country (laughs) and you could put through one law that would help change ADHD diagnosis in the country. What would it be? What would you do?
3: To try and motivate uh, mental health workers to be happy to remain and work in this field. You think they're not mm. at the moment? I don't think so much. Why? The number of strikes that we are having mm. at the moment, but also by the fact that there are so many empty vacancies mm. all over the country. Every single hospital or clinic is lacking staff, mm-hmm. from nurses to to doctors.
2: Well, look, it makes sense, doesn't it? If- if the pay is low the hours are hard and the work is stressful you're, yeah. you're going to get only a certain type of client oh, clientele and also yeah. i i know a few people that work in um not just mental health but charity sectors as well and you know they say there's only actually so long you can work on that sort of yeah. front line before it become it becomes really difficult you know because there's so mm-hmm. many people to help and you can't help them all and yes. it Become it can become quite draining. I know that from a, from a lot of people. And I don't think that's that's not a fault of them or what they're doing at all. It's just the fact that there's so much. I did a podcast series a while, a while ago about uh, prisons and men who came out of prisons. And they said during lockdown, um, they were only allowed to come out of their cells for an hour a day. To, and they had to sometimes pick whether to shower or exercise. And I'm just wondering, I've heard that in some prisons that's still the case that they're only allowed out for one hour a day because actually they found it's easier to sort of contain everyone mm-hmm. is that still true and if so how has that affected the people with ADHD I can imagine that sounds like a bloody Terrible. nightmare <laughs> yes yeah. a night
3: a real nightmare I actually have been in prison working in prison with the, uh, when sometimes they couldn't even stay out for an hour it was probably 30 minutes or even less um, that, was that
2: since COVID? During
3: COVID. During COVID. During COVID. Mm. After that, obviously, it's, it was minimised as much as possible. The problem is that it was done this way because of lack of staffing. Mm-hmm. So prison staff didn't have safe levels of staffing. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, as a consequence, sometimes they had to shut down and to just to, not to allow association
2: and, and how has that affected the ones with ADHD? Have you seen any significant changes Absolutely,
3: change? absolutely. You see in these situations a lot of uh, increase of self-harm, increase of uh, shouting, increase of uh, probably people losing their temper, yeah. uh, being more angry. Or uh, on the other hand, people that are depressed may not be picked up because mm. obviously they don't go out and it, it's they, they are completely isolated. They may not be picked up.
2: Dr. Alex, do you have any amazing success stories that you can share of you meeting someone in prison, giving them a diagnosis and it totally changing their perspective in yeah. their life? And could you share it with us?
3: This was a lady, very abusive past. She had been in care since young age. As uh, we can imagine, uh, didn't really have education because she was a uh, Naughty, labeled as naughty at school. Didn't manage to finish school. Ended up being on drugs from very very early age. Ended up also injecting heroin because that's uh, what happens when you've been in in the streets mm. for quite some time. Obviously, no employment. Arrived in prison for a serious offense, and in prison, mm-hmm. very irrational, impulsive. It was very clear that this lady was still actually having problems with uh, sitting down, with education. She was absolutely unable to attend any courses, any training. And if you cannot do that mm. in prison, mm. it becomes quite a waste of time unless yeah. you can specialize in something anyway she I diagnosed her with ADHD a combined type, quite severe as well she luckily uh, responded very well to medication and in the space of time of probably 6 months she was honestly a different person okay. much more uh, able to sit in the beginning she couldn't even sit down in the interview room with me for more than 10-15 minutes she just wanted to to know what she had to do and go and because she, that was uh, she was so impatient and uh, just so unable at the end she was able to sit down speak with me but not only She was even able to start doing psychological work, which would have been absolutely impossible. To sit down for 50 minutes for her would have been impossible. She started doing education and specializing in something that she liked doing. In all of this, she also managed to detox from methadone. Mm and uh, the release date arrived we supported with a, obviously through charities etc in uh, in the first days and months from release and i'm very glad to say she's still out
2: amazing after That's a year
3: great. yes very amazing
2: good. So it's real proof that getting that ADHD diagnosis and getting the medication if you need it can totally change your life.
3: Could. Mm. I mean, obviously it could. There Mm. are many things that we need to take into consideration, but definitely it's something that needs to be looked into.
2: And also just, I can imagine being in prison, well, I can't, but uh, like to to have someone really be interested in you. I was just
1: thinking that.
2: And to be like, I, I just remember for me my own experience when I was just doing the tests online, and feeling very heard. Yeah, you know, feeling like oh, okay, this it's loads of things that's wrong, and yeah. a lot of it's listed out with yeah. me. You know, and and so I bet it's it can be amazing for people in prison to feel really listened to.
3: Yes, yeah, I think that many of the or many of the my patients are in fact very um, grateful very grateful and uh and uh, probably even surprised sometimes mm-hmm.
1: yeah and to hear like the things that you're struggling with aren't just bad like yes there's a reason and we can help yes. you with it
3: and removing the label that yeah. is one of the main thing i tend mm-hmm. to do because yeah. they describe themselves as a naughty or this mm-hmm. and that they mm-hmm. did because they they've been told so many times yeah. that they they have become that that's their identity
2: Thank you so, so much, Alex, for coming on the podcast. Um, Is there anyone that you want to shout out just before, you know, we close? Someone who's doing some amazing work.
3: Yes, I'm very happy with the work uh, I'm doing with uh, Harley Therapy in Mm -hmm. London. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, just a very great company.
2: Um, Thanks for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank
3: you so much. thank you. Thank you.
1: A lot of solid presidents like that. Meaty, so meaty, meaty. juicy. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. Oh, oh, you you think you make a news podcast? What you you think you do serious news podcasts out there? Yeah, well, step aside. What, the, the rest is, the rest is <laughs> politics? Yeah, blah, 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 don't care about you anymore. We're hitting the hard facts now. You <laughs> thought he was just, oh, talking about singing lessons?
1: Oh, Jack's met this little French boy? No. We're getting serious.
2: We're getting serious, right? We're going behind the bars.
1: We're talking about the law.
2: Mm-hmm. Department of, Ju- I dropped in Department of Justice there. I yeah. had to really rack my brain <laughs> <laughs> to know what it was called. <laughs> I'm wearing a bloody yellow jumper (laughs) I can't be talking about prisons
1: you know I actually nearly wore a black and white stripe we look quite
2: good today actually we've got a kind of matching actually anyway this is not the right tone off the back of something quite serious Um, Um, they would not be doing this on the rest of politics (laughs) thank you so much guys for uh, listening to this week Uh, we'll be back next week same time Monday yeah anything to add Uh,
1: no
2: okay thanks guys
1: thanks Bye. bye bye